0: I'm your host, Brad Rowland, uh, coming to you live uh, very, very late on this Thursday evening. The Atlanta Hawks uh, had uh, one of the most fun performances of the season that took place in the fourth quarter from Tim Hardaway Jr., and they basically went out and uh, stole a win over the Houston Rockets by a final score of 113-108. to 108. Uh, I will confess, uh, throughout the fourth, the beginning of the fourth quarter, I was making notes for this show as if the Hawks were going to lose this game, and uh, that makes a whole lot of sense because of the fact that Atlanta trailed by 20 points with about eight minutes left, and in this game, And at that point, I mean, the win expectancy for the Hawks probably had to be less than 5%, uh, given the fact that they were playing against a State Rockets team that uh, is probably better by every metric than the Hawks and because the team is playing on the road, uh, James Harden, the presence of him just in, in general, etc., etc. This is a very, very tough spot for Atlanta. And from there, it was all Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, Hardaway Jr. finished the uh, game with 33 points, a career high for Tim in this spot on 12 of 18 shooting 4 of 9 from 3 5 of 7 from the line 6 rebounds and 3 assists in a game uh, sorry a starting lineup um, high plus 14 from Hardaway Jr. He had 23 points in the fourth quarter, including uh, basically uh, all of the key shots down the stretch for Atlanta. He had a massive dunk when the Hawks had taken the league uh, that actually became sort of the uh, the headliner, at least in terms of national following, just because it was a, uh, a poster-worthy display from Hardaway Jr. Uh, on Clint Capella and Ryan Anderson of the Rockets. But uh, it was his shot-making throughout the second half and throughout the fourth quarter that really buoyed Atlanta to this victory. And uh, shout-out to Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, if you were a long-time listener of the podcast, You would certainly know that I have uh, not always been the biggest biggest supporter of Hardaway Juniors, but uh, obviously there's nothing to uh, detract from him in this particular spot. He was fantastic in this game really throughout, but especially in that fourth quarter, uh, arguably the best quarter that any Hawk has had uh, offensively this season with 23 and uh, his, you know, obviously his career high with 33 points in this game cannot overstate just how important he was and look the entire fourth quarter. Uh, at, least the, at least the big part of this run um, that actually they finished the game out with a victory for Atlanta was done without Paul Millsap and Dennis Schroeder on the court uh, the Hawks were going uh, with, a, with a lineup that actually was working and uh, Bud, credit to Budenholzer, he, he rode the lineup that had been working and that engineered the comeback uh, that included DeAndre Bembry and Dwight Howard and Malcolm Delaney, etc in that lineup and that ended up being uh, the right button to press on this particular evening. Uh, obviously there's more to talk about in this spot but that, that of course is the headliner and that uh, Hardaway was the big key but We'll talk about the game uh, at least, on, uh, you know, on a more in-depth scale. Now, um, you know, getting things going early on. Uh, Dwight Howard, this of course was supposed to be the headliner. Was was Howard returning to Houston for the first time uh, in, a, in a in a Hawks uniform? Obviously, the Hawks did play against the Rockets early in the season. That was a home game. This is his first trip back to Houston. He was booed reportedly by those who were in attendance. Mike Conti at 92.9. two nine. Uh, Chris Bilemora the AJC, reported that um, before the game began. But uh, the Rockets also blessed Hardaway. I mean, sorry, Howard. Um, I had Tim Hardaway Jr. on, on my mind this point in time and for uh for good reason but uh, howard uh howard was given a uh an in-game tribute video by the rockets that was apparently well received and he got an innovation at that point which is which is fitting you know dwight did not leave houston under the best of circumstances but at the same time he uh, was quite good there and uh led helped helped alongside james harden lead those uh, lead the rockets to a couple of 51 seasons so uh it, good to see him good to see them at least praise him at that moment even if they were booing him uh, upon arrival. And uh, Dwight actually had a big game here, statistically. He finished the night with 24 points and 23 rebounds. Uh, on a, on a, any other night, really, that would be a, the lead story, just his performance uh, on the stat sheet. Uh, in 37 minutes, he was 11 of 13 from the floor, he made two of his three from the free throw line, had two block shots. Uh, Nate Duncan, uh, during, the spot, during the game, and I, I believe I actually echoed him on Twitter on this, I thought, I thought Dwight was just okay, if, if, if even that, defensively in this game, but he was fantastic on the glass, obviously, uh, with a game game high and 23 rebounds uh, just for a little bit of context there the the Rockets entire team had 38 rebounds in this game and Dwight had 23 rebounds so uh, obviously an outstanding performance there and the Hawks did a great job in keeping Houston off the offensive glass Atlanta rebounded eighty percent, eighty-seven percent of Houston's misses, which is a fantastic number. And uh, Dwight was the biggest key to that, with, with eighteen defensive rebounds in the spot. So a huge game from Howard. Uh, elsewhere, obviously, besides Hardaway and Howard, were the, were the two big keys. But DeAndre Bembry, uh big storyline here. He played a lot of minutes here. Played twenty-one minutes. Played in the first. Played in the first quarter of the second straight game. Thomas was out of the lineup for the Hawks, and that proved to be a huge thing defensively for Atlanta, and they really struggled a lot, at least in a, lot, a, a large portion of this game. Without Tabo defensively, we'll talk about that in a second. But Bembry was uh, buoyed into the lineup as a result, and he uh, capitalized in a big way. Had 10 points, was plus 16, four rebounds and two assists. Was five of six from the floor. Uh, he had a couple of moments where he was uh, exposed by James Harden. There's nothing wrong with that, just because you know Benbury's a rookie. It's a spot where he's not really uh, credibly to be guarding uh, James Harden right now. But he had to do that. He had to, he had to play that assignment because of Kent Bazemore being the only other guy really on the roster that, that could guard uh, Harden in this spot. You know, and, and Harden did didn't have a monster game had 41 points eight rebounds and eight assists and four steals had a huge moment in the beginning of the second half in which uh, Harden scored 12 points in the first two minutes and four seconds of the second half and at that point in time looked as if Houston was going to run away and obviously they built that lead up to 20 uh, early in the fourth quarter but uh, from there it was all Hawks of course but um, Bembry did play quite well here aside from from the from the uh, Harden experience he did a good job Uh, Malcolm Delaney had a very, very weird game. He was a game-high plus 22, but Delaney was 1 of 10 from the floor and 0 of 3 from 3. Uh, He did provide a steadying hand and played some good defense in that fourth quarter. Had had five rebounds and four assists and two steals, but obviously very, very odd to see a guy shoot that poorly and still have a plus 22, but he was on the court for that entire run down the stretch and uh, was a steady influence, to be sure. Um, Along that same line, Dennis Schroeder was uh, 2 of 12, so the two point guards combined to shoot 3 of 22 from the floor in a road win over a team in the Rockets that was a 10-point favorite in this spot, so a bizarre situation there. This is one of Dennis's worst games of the season: five points, uh, three assists, two rebounds, three turnovers in 21 minutes. He, uh, of course, was one, was on the bench that entire run, as I mentioned before, and uh, justifiably so. I thought Delaney actually was better than Shooter, despite the fact that neither one of those guys could really get anything going. Uh, Delaney, I think, is the better defender right now, which is a weird thing to say given uh, the two, given the difference, difference between the two in terms of athletic ability. But I think uh, Delaney is a more steady defender, more steady hand offensively, and uh, I had no problem with them riding him down the stretch, but both of those guys did not play super well in terms of the shooting department in this game. Mike Dunleavy uh, had an injury concern that actually ended up not being a big deal, it looks like. Uh, Dunleavy went, went down with what looked like it could be a bad knee injury, but he popped back up, uh, went to the locker room, he was evaluated, and then the broadcast indicated that he was actually available to come back in. I don't believe that he actually did, but at the same time, it was good to see him uh, play some minutes, had 22 point, sorry, 22 minutes, 7 points. Two of four from the floor for Dunleavy and uh, the Hawks put only nine guys in this game. Uh, no Chris Humphreys, no Mike Scott, no Torian Prince, no, no Lamar Patterson in this game. Not a surprise that uh, guys like Prince and Patterson didn't play, but Humphreys getting a DNPCD, has been the, that's the first time in a while that's happened. Uh, it's kind of the right spot because if he, the way Houston plays with that four-out system, it would have it would have been very tough to play Humphreys in this game, at least in my opinion. But there's been some games in which I I felt that way, and uh, but has still trying to out there. So interesting to see Bud go with a short with a short bench on a second guy on the second night of a back-to-back, but it ended up working, of course. The other bench player, Mike Muscala, nine points and eight rebounds and two blocks. I thought he played quite well actually in 20 minutes, despite the fact that he missed all three of his three-point attempts. I thought Muscala was a steadying influence, and uh, also, you know, it was a little bit too much of the uh, lineup that I, I I do not like very much with Muscala and Howard playing together. Muscala playing the power forward spot, but Moose was uh, spry in this game. I thought his defensive ability was uh, quite quite good here and being able to get out on the perimeter and when necessary. He did a good job. And uh, elsewhere, the guys I've not discussed quite yet, uh, Paul Millsap, a, a solid game. Despite being minus 20, Paul had 16 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals in uh, 29 minutes. Did not play that for that entire fourth quarter run, as I I mentioned before. And I thought, you know, it's a weird spot for Paul in that the Rockets are basically playing uh, four out all the time. Ryan Anderson did not have a great game here. That could be credited to Millsap's defense, Um, but not a perfect matchup for Paul defensively. Offensively, I thought the Hawks probably should have gone to Millsap more often in that first half. But... uh, when they did. He was pretty solid in this game. Uh, sort of a run-of-the-mill game. Not not terribly impressive from Paul, but uh, decent enough. And uh, Kent Bazemore finally had the assignment on uh, James Harden throughout the night. He actually was plus eight in his 31 minutes, which is a good, probably usually a good sign. Seven points, six assists, three rebounds, and two steals for Bazemore. I thought he did a fine job on Harden, which is something weird to say considering Harden did have 41 points again on 10 of 23 from the floor, five of 12 from three, and 16 of 21 from the free throw line. As I say, with a with a, with a bit of A laugh there. Uh, The Hawks are usually quite good. Uh, One of the top five teams in the NBA, keeping the the opponent off the free throw line. But with James Harden, sort of all bets are off. Uh, Houston attempted 33 free throws in this game, 21 for Harden, who almost attempted as many free throws as the entire Hawks team. Uh, The Hawks attempted 23. But uh, again, back, going back to Baysmore, I thought his defense was quite, was quite fine here. There's only so much he can do. And uh, he was really the only guy on the roster tonight that I thought uh, has the craft and athletic ability combination to really give Harden any sort of problems. You know, Bembry is a good athlete and uh, gave, you know, physically is a decent matchup for Harden. But uh, you saw the veteran tendencies of a guy like Harden, who's uh, extremely smart in drawing fouls and getting to the rim. Uh, he took advantage of, of Bembry on a couple of occasions. And without Cephalosha in the lineup, it was a huge loss to go without Tabo. I said that before the game. I meant it for sure on the, on the defensive end of the court. Uh, I don't think Harden would have been able to do what he did at least in full if Seth was available. But at the same time, I have no problem with the Hawks taking it easy on Seth The report um, from Olivia Harlan yesterday that said that uh, Seth Felicia thought he, you know, probably shouldn't have played on Friday and it's good. You know, it's always good if there's any uncertainty to give him another, another couple days off, the Hawks do not play again until Saturday at home against the Orlando magic. So, Getting a win here without Cephalosia is huge. Of course, um, there's lots of other stuff to get to. You know, as a, as a team, I thought the defense was okay in the spot. You know, the first the first quarter, it was quite ugly. The uh, the Rockets scored 32 points. They also scored 36 points in the third quarter. A lot of that third quarter production was just hard and going nuts at the beginning, as I referenced before, with 12 points in the first two minutes, and after that, it was pretty reasonable. Uh, on the night, the Rockets scored only 101.1 points per 100 possessions, which is tremendous uh, in terms of uh, being able to hold a team that's as good as they are to that number, a lot of that was the fourth quarter. The Hawks outscored the Rockets 40 to 22 in the fourth. Uh, you know, 23 of those points coming from Hardaway Jr., but still 17 elsewhere. And uh, Atlanta was fantastic here, but defensively, aside from Harden and uh, Clint Capella had had some uh, opportunities to score. Capella had 22 points and nine rebounds on 9 of 11 shooting. That's kind of uh, that kind of illustrates just a little bit of what, what Nate was saying and what I was echoing about Howard's defense in this spot. I was, thought I was not great, but uh, elsewhere, Tre- Trevor Reza, one of 12. From the floor, one of ten from three. He was contested throughout the game. Eric Gordon, who's been fantastic, probably sixth man of the year right now. Had an off night, you know, four of fourteen from the floor, two of ten from three uh, off the bench for Houston. Sam Decker, one of five. He's been pretty good this year. Did not, was not able to get anything going, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought the defense was good. Uh, for the most part, the offense was a hit and miss, obviously. Uh, there were some things that uh, the team did quite well on um, the offensive end of the court. headlined uh, by, of course, Tim Hardaway Jr. down the stretch. But um, offensively, in the first half, uh, the Hawks had a sub 90 offensive rating and they had 13 turnovers before halftime. That's not going to get it done most of the time. You know, and, and digging a 20 point deficit against a team as good as Houston is normally a death sentence. So, uh, the Hawks should be very, very lucky to escape with this win. I don't think uh, having that performance from Hardaway Jr. is going to happen very often. He's had a couple of those explosions this year, but this was probably the best quarter of his, of his life at the NBA level, and there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, he had to, he had to get it done, and the Hawks, this, is, this is a great win for the Hawks, but uh, I think it's probably good to acknowledge that this is, this is a spot where the Hawks probably should not have won this game, and they and they really needed that kind of explosion from Hardaway Jr. to get a win, but they got it, so that's kind of all that matters. I'll take the positive tact on this performance. Uh, as you might imagine, I've caught a lot of heat on th- Twitter, even before I started recording this podcast late on Thursday night about Hardaway Jr. and I get it, uh, the conversations move towards the uh, you know the Hawks winning the trade, et cetera, et cetera stuff with Hardaway Jr. I would I would I would point out just a little bit of a uh, cold water that uh, he shot seven of twenty six in the two games before this, including the uh, the O of nine from three game that we talked about against the Knicks on a previous podcast. So uh, Tim's going to do this. He's going to have some monster games. We've seen it. We've seen a handful of them this year where he's had twenty plus points. Was again, this is a career high for him at thirty three. He's had a couple of games. Where he's almost shot the Hawks out of some games, um, so you know, I, it's kind of what you get from Hardaway Jr. I don't think this this performance necessarily you know solidifies him as this like starting level shooting guard moving forward, but. He's been good this season. On the whole, the shooting has been questionable. Uh, before this game, he was shooting 34 from three again on the year after a couple of rough nights, and was you know a good a good shooting game here. For, you know, four of nine from the from three point land, but really the most the most of his damage has come inside inside the three point line this season. He was eight of nine on two point shots in this game, which is a little bit more in line with what he's been doing all year long. And uh, again, credit to him, credit to tim who's uh, definitely a uh, an above average offensive player at this point in his career, which is uh, something that's we couldn't have said. It might even a year ago at this time, so he's come a long way. Uh, I, I would be, I'd be a little bit skeptical, especially for those fans who dialed in this game uh, because it was a TNT national television game. There was a lot of extra eyeballs on this game, and I was would, I would, I would warned against that. Uh, just expect this kind of stuff from Hardaway Jr. on a regular basis. Uh, he's probably good for you know five or six, six games a year, but uh, the, the baseline is a little bit lower than what we saw on Thursday. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, and For the most part, though, credit to Tim for a monster game here. That's going to kind of do it for the uh, game wrap-up. I do want to look ahead a little bit, given this is the Friday show to the Saturday game. The Hawks play the Orlando Magic on Saturday uh, on Saturday night at Phillips Arena. They will be a solid favorite there. Uh, obviously, no Las Vegas line at this point in time, late on Thursday night for a Saturday night game. But uh, the good folks at 538 give uh, the Hawks a very good chance to win that uh basketball game as you might imagine considering Orlando is really really struggling right now uh, the magic uh, have been really kind of ugly throughout the season and the Hawks are given an 80% chance uh, on 538 to like, get that victory uh, I would have I would have been leading with that a little bit more had the Hawks lost this game it's sort of a bounce back opportunity but because Atlanta won there's a little bit of letdown potential after a mouse after a monster game like that coming home to play a team that you're definitely better than in the magic but so I would have you know my guard would be up if I was the Hawks in this game just because they've uh, had a couple of stinkers even at home this season against some uh, inferior opponents, but uh, that's a game Atlanta should win. And uh, if they can do do that, it'll be in solid position moving forward. There's still a half game uh, behind the Washington Wizards who won again on Thursday night, but it could have been, it could have been a game and a half if the Hawks did not come up with a victory here. So, for the scoreboard watchers among us, I know the the, guy, the guys at Atlanta Hawks Reddit uh, have been uh, watching the scoreboard for quite some time now. So there's a little plug for those guys. Uh, check them out, of course. Um, but yeah, this is a, 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 again a great night for the Hawks. A great victory, something to be said for uh, coming in the same city that will host the Super Bowl with the Atlanta Falcons in just a couple of days as well. This will be the last time you hear from me until after the Atlanta Falcons play in the Super Bowl. So uh, rise up. We will hope. Uh, we, we will hope at least for those of us that are Falcons fans for a victory on Sunday. Uh, on Sunday. Sunday night if you uh, hear me on this podcast uh, on Monday morning. It could be a rather somber uh, addition for me if the if the Falcons come up short in that in that game. But So uh, I'll go ahead and fairly warn you on that one now. But uh, hopefully it will be a positive stuff to talk about in the Atlanta Hawks land as well as the Atlanta Falcons. And I appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. A great win for the Hawks. And hopefully they'll be able to keep it going on Saturday night. So uh, subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Do all that fun stuff. Talk to your, your friends about the podcast. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back on Monday.